Joining me on the phone for the unusual spoken word written preview of the Division I quarterfinals, because we just don't have enough time this week. Everything got moved around, so we're all mixed up. Dave Haley joins me from the road from somewhere going somewhere else. Hey, Dave. Yeah, I didn't have time this week, but it's going to be a little more interesting. You and I break these four games down. Last night was pretty uh, revealing in Division One. It was a pretty big night last night. Yeah, it was pretty bananas, uh, some of the results we saw. Uh, Double-digit seed moving on. Uh, actually, two double-digit seeds moving on, which, uh, yeah, we kind of we thought Division One might be wide open enough to get uh, at least one double-digit seed to Durham. Uh, we've gotten two to the quarterfinals. Whether or not they get to Durham is that remains to be seen. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's check out what the games are. Yeah, no, well, first of all, I think Memorial losing is a genuine shocker. That was a team I think a lot of people thought could win it. Um, so that's that was very, very, very surprising. All the credits to Nate Maseral, Richie Mercado, and, and Nashua South. And then Dover, pretty incredible story to go over. And they just kind of had Lunder's number. I think this is all – we'll go through the four matchups, but Division One's all about matchups. And, you know, Dover matched up very well against Londonderry. And why don't we start with that one? The four games are going to be uh, Dover at Bedford, uh, Winnicott at the eighth seed at the top seed, Portsmouth. Uh, then you've got Alvern going to Exeter, and then uh, of course the uh, the fourth game. Nashville South goes to Manchester Central. Yeah, Nashville South and Central. Yeah, exactly. So it's harder when I don't have it in front of me. Right. So which one, what game do you want to start with? We'll start at the bottom of the bracket with Dover, the 11 seed, going to Bedford, the three seed. Bedford had to buy to get into that round, and uh, you know. I don't think Dover's afraid to go to Bedford the way they shoot. You know, I, I don't. Bedford can't really play a ton of zone against Dover if Dover's shooting the ball well. So, of, of right. the of the of the matchups remaining of the teams that were left on the board, Exeter, Portsmouth, or Central, I think Dover. This is the one if they had to pick from the four, they might have picked Bedford. Yeah, no, absolutely. They can kind of shoot over that zone. If Bedford does have a weakness, it's that they're not a great scoring team, and Dover can score all day long. Uh, now, I'm not saying that Dover's going to upset them and go to the Final Four, but I think for Dover, I think you're absolutely right. They've got the athletes to match up. Um, they did play them early in the season. I believe Johnny Cantwell didn't play in that game. I, I think that's correct, yes. And uh, they lost. Yeah, and I think they're only. They lost by I seven. Think they're only, uh, yeah, they lost by seven, and Cantwell didn't play in the game. So that's a huge difference maker, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I think Dover, I think that's a scary matchup for Bedford. Bedford's had a lot of time to get ready and scout and so forth and so on, but you know Dover's going to shoot it, and if they can shoot it well on the road, then you know they've got an opportunity to go over there and upset uh, and upset Bedford. No question about it. Yeah, and uh, we don't know what the status of Kingsley Breen is. He, didn't, he hasn't played the last two games. I know he's had some sort of illness and maybe some other stuff going on, but don't know if he's going to play or not. That could be a big factor because you know this time of year, a freshman's not really a freshman anymore. They're a sophomore in everything but name. Yeah, I mean, I think the big, I, I think what's going to be key for Dover is stopping uh, Nolan Anderson down low. He's had a really good second half of the season, and when he's playing well, it really opens up everything for that entire team. So that's going to be the interesting thing to watch. I think that's the matchup is Nolan Anderson, if Johnny Cantwell, and some of the bigs for Dover, and then they just need one of those guys, Devin Cady or Ty Vicko, to just have a night, you know, to have 24, 25 points. They're both capable of it. And, uh, you know, Ryan Coleman's real solid. I mean, they got the pieces. Um, and it's going to be interesting. It's great for Dover, you know, to be back in the quarterfinals. We haven't seen him in there in a long time since uh, the Mike Romps era. Exactly. And, uh, 
Uh, like the last time they were there, they were a 15 seed after they upset Salem in the first round. So, uh, no, I think it's great. It's it's great for that program. And I'll tell you what, like, if if Dover somehow gets to the Final Four, the, I'm I'm telling you, like, the entire town's going to be in Durham. So that would be interesting if Dover can get over there because they haven't been there since Alex Burt was a senior. I think it was my third or fourth year doing the website. That would be pretty big time for Dover to get there. And they're one one away now, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just 32 minutes away from getting to Durham. So uh, there you go. And uh, we'll stay on that side of the bracket for uh, the next matchup. Number two, Exeter, uh, getting the bye into the uh, quarterfinals. They host Alvern and the uh, Gatorade Player of the Year, the Bowtie Killer, Max Bonnie Lyles. And uh, that uh, I'd take the over in that one, Dave. Yeah, I think they're both just going to say, let's just let's just try to outscore the other one. I'm not going to say there's not going to be any defense. I think Exeter is really played well. Um, I think you got to give Jeff Holmes and that whole crew credit. They've been kind of maligned throughout the year. Um, you know, they play a lot of guys and so forth and so on. And uh, and it's working, though. I mean, you know, they, they've gotten to a two seed. And, um, you know, they, they right now look like a team I, I could see being there on the final Saturday. You know, I think Josh Morissette and Cody Morissette are now rarely coming off the floor. And they're kind of they're, in, they're substituting around them or with them, so to speak. So mm-hmm. they're still going to play 10, 11 guys. Um, but I think Jeff Holmes has been really smart about how he's kind of parceled out the minutes. And, uh, yeah, Albert, you know, uh, Max Barlow's had five points against Merrimack. They, they obviously, you know, look to slow him down. I'm not sure Exeter has anybody who could slow Max Barlow's down. So I just think you're going to see a, you know, a 75-72 kind of basketball game, which, which would be a blast. Yeah, Exeter won the uh, initial matchup back on February the 9th, 61 to 50. Would you would you maybe just uh, take Cody Morissette and say, "All right, Cody, you get uh you get Bonnie Lyles here," or do you want to you want to save his energy for the offensive end? How would you play that? No, I think I would do that, and I think Cody's, you know, in good enough shape where he can handle it. So, um yeah, I think you you, you put your best on their best and, you know, I think uh the X factor is Josh, you know, Morissette. I just think if he you know, he had 29, I think, in their season finale. And I mean, if that kid, you know, is the best scorer on the floor on a given night, then, then Exeter becomes really, really difficult to beat. I think Exeter's playing pretty well right now. And Memorial's out of it, and Londonderry's out of it. You know, some interesting teams. And they're starting to look better and better, in my eyes, as a team that could be uh, the last team standing. Yeah, the Memorial losses, you know, I, I, I kind of – Thought if anybody was going to get past Portsmouth on that side of the bracket, maybe it would be uh, Memorial, or, or you know, in the in the Final Four. But now that you don't even have that option, so that's that becomes very it, interesting. Isn't it crazy that all the Memorial teams that went like ten and eight or nine and nine, and then ended up getting <laughs> to Durham, and now you got one that goes fourteen and four, and they lose in the first round? Right. Yeah. It's a little bizarre. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's nutty. But, no, but I think I, I think you know one quick thing to say about my friend. Uh, Danny Bryson is, I think, without getting into it, because it's unfortunate, you look at what's going on and what happened at Manchester West this year and just what a, a mess that that was. And at the end of the year, I think they had 11 kids in the program. Yeah. And so, you know, Danny always did get credit for what he did over West. Um, but, I mean, I think people are understanding even more, like, hey, he was doing a lot off the court as well to really uh, to help those kids and um, you know, you can see he, he did a really good job at Memorial as well. It's just tough. Any any night, and South's a good basketball team. Richie Mercado, so forth, so on. They they got 
they got you know Tony Ego. They, they they're a good team, and uh, any night it can happen. Any night can happen. I mean, any of these games could be upsets. But anyway, just you know, it's it's kind of a bummer to have Memorial up. That's a good group and fun kids. But um, you know, we knew D one was going to be full surprises. So here we go. Absolutely. So uh, moving up the bracket, we uh, we have the uh, one of the other surprise teams, Nashville South, uh, upsetting Memorial, and it'll take on Manchester Central. The teams met uh, just about two weeks ago on the 23rd of February, and uh, Central hammered South, 82-59. Central has won eight of their last nine headed into the tournament. South won their last two games to make the tournament, basically, uh, in the regular season. And, of course, they got the upset win in triple overtime against Manchester Memorial. So uh, what do you, how do you see this one playing out, Dave? I have not seen either one of these teams this year in person. I like Central a lot, you know, and um... – you know, I think oh, it'd be breaking a lot of news. You like Central, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they don't know. I don't think these kids understand that I've been called a Central Homer for years. I think they're too young to know that. I'll have to get Evan McDonald and Brett Hansen to, to fill these kids in, but uh, Jalen Leroy and all everyone else. But no, they're playing. Um, Kyle Bosse has been really, really good. He had 29 against Salem, and Didi Niang, you know, gives them rebounding and. Uh, you know, I, I like Ansel Reyes and Antoine Revere a lot. Like, and they're just they're deeing the heck out of people. They're just getting in people's shirts. And what they're doing is, when they go against the zone, they're attacking the middle, um, getting the lead. Then they're holding the ball a little bit, yeah, forcing man to man. This is what they did against Winnicott. They forced Winnicott by holding the ball to come out and play man, and then they're just too quick. So they don't have a lot of size, but they know how to attack zones. They're well coached. You know, I was talking to Kevin Bonney, their assistant coach, this week, and he said they're still working on their second and third, you know, rotations defensively. So it's still a work in progress. But Dave's done a great job over there. Dave's a great coach, and uh, Central's going to be a tough out. Those kids are. Uh, there's something in the DNA of Central kids. I've been saying that forever. They're going to be a very tough out. I think they're going to be really tough on Nashville South. Yeah. It, you know, we see this a lot where a team pulls a big upset in the first round, and it's awesome. Uh, and then that's to do it twice in a row is really difficult, especially on the road. Right. And I just think South is going to have a um, – I'm not taking anything away from South. I just think it's going to be really hard to do that again. Yeah, no doubt. So I, I kind of see that going the same way just based on, uh, you know, based on the, the scores they've put up and the fact that Central kind of handled them easily uh, a couple of weeks ago. But uh, that would make everybody happy in the whole I-93 corridor. We'll get Manchester Central right, back in the Final Four. It'll be fantastic. We don't even pay attention to any of those people in the I ninety three quarter. So it's it's just us. Um, did you uh, did you slam your headphones down when Winnicott uh, knocks Baldy out of the tournament? Anything dramatic out of you? Anything pouty or out of place? No, that was you know I kind of thought it, depending you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think in the uh, in the preview, depending on what Winnicott team showed up, and it was it was evident early on that uh, you know the the Winnicott team that. Uh, looked like they were going to have a first-round bye, uh, was there in the first quarter. They raced out to a 16-4 to lead. And then they, thereafter, the game was pretty competitive till about the uh, you know the beginning parts of the fourth quarter. And then when it kind of size and athleticism just kind of won the day, the game played out pretty much like it should have. If you looked you know, if you looked at the uh, the rosters and you looked at the uh, the way the teams played this season, you know, Spalding this year was Ari, and once Isaiah Rose left, didn't have a whole lot of scoring otherwise. So, uh, yeah. it was, you know, they, they hung with them for a while and, uh, they, you know, they got some good playoff experience. Some of those kids that didn't see a lot of minutes last year, but, uh, that's, you know, I, I, I wasn't shocked by the outcome. A little sad. Yes. 
Uh, did I yeah. did I tell Jay McKenna he had personally broken my heart? Yes. Did I let Zach Waterhouse know he needs to stop scoring until the Seacoast tournament? Yes. Uh, but other than that, no, I wasn't terribly broken up. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, I, I think, you know, Spalding is set up to be a Final Four team next year. And, uh, you know, when it kind of now goes to Portsmouth, and I did that game, they were leading by four going into the fourth quarter. Portsmouth was the better team in the fourth quarter, and they won, I think, by like eight points or something like that. But, you know, Winnicott can play with those guys. They know these guys so well. I mean, this is like a Central Memorial game or, you know, Groveton Littleton or, you know, what a Conan Messenic, whatever example you want to make. I mean, these kids all know each other so well. They're not going to be intimidated by Portsmouth by any means. So, and Portsmouth's now, you know, had a lot of time off. So, um, you know, I'm sure they'll figure a way. They've had over a week off and, um, no, I think it'll be a good one. I think it'll be a very good game. I obviously Portsmouth's the favorite, but I think it'll be a really good game. You know, what yeah, do you think about it? It's, well, if the Winnicott team that played last night shows up at Portsmouth, yeah, it'll go right down to the wire. Uh, now, now yeah. that being said, Portsmouth's probably playing their best basketball of the season. Uh, you know, their last three games, four, four actually last six games, they uh, they beat no seven. They beat tournament teams: Exeter, Londonderry, Merrimack, South Salem, Winnicott, and Alva. Yeah. And they've won yeah. uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven in a row. So uh, surprise, surprise! Portsmouth's on a roll going into the tournament. But you know, it's it's it, they're not beating up the little sisters of the poor on their way in. They're beating quality teams. You no, know? And, and and what they're doing is at the beginning of the year when I saw them against Memorial, you know, the first thing that stood out is how hard it was for them to score comparatively to the year before. But what's developed now is that Mike Sanborn has adjusted because teams are overplaying him on the three-point line. So he's kind of worked on, you know, ball fake, up faking, you know, using screens better, so forth, so on to get up. You know, John Mulvey was better at than anyone I've ever seen at getting his shot off by using screens. He was the smartest player in that regard that I've ever covered in 10 years of this. So he's coaching Mike Sanborn and, and Cody and Max Lincoln about how to get their shots off. You can't ask for a better teacher. So he's adjusted. Max Lincoln has played much, much better. I mean, he's, He's had some big games for them, and I think he had 15 against Alvern. I mean, he's defending with those long, long arms, you know, out on the perimeter and closing out on shooters. So it's just sort of coming together for that team. And, uh, you know, Cody's had an up-and-down year because, again, the, the kid is the kid is 11 months removed from major, major surgery on his right. PCL. I mean, uh, you know, and if people don't understand that, then they should. I mean, that's why he's not at full speed. He's going to be soon – uh, whether he plays football in college or basketball in college, he will be. But, like, that's what's going on with him. And, you know, the kid had major, major, major surgery that, like, NFL and NBA athletes have 11 months ago. So, you know, think about that. So, they're just, they just defend so well. And, yeah, they're going to play six, seven guys. Hopefully Calvin Hewitt's back. You know, he had that bad ankle injury, but he's now had over a week to kind of hopefully get better. And uh, they're going to be another tough out. I, it wouldn't uh, – it wouldn't suck to see uh, Dave Keefe and uh, versus Jim Mulvey at UNH. Yes, especially uh, where yeah, especially where Central beat Portsmouth opening night. Um, right, but yeah, yeah, this I think this game's a coin flip, and Winnicott kind of knows they can play with them, and it's it's Winnicott kind of, they got size everywhere. I mean, it's not you know, just watching that game when they were playing Spalding. You know, Spalding's got you know 
Shane Hudson out there is 5'4", guarding 6'4", Ben Allen. How many 6'4", point guards are Did there? Did Ben Allen get hurt last night? No, he got 3,000 in the first quarter, though. So he didn't play oh, most of the okay. first half. But the second half, I mean, I think he only had two points in the second half because Shane Hudson is just yeah. a – he's a – He's a, a Wolverine out there defending him, but uh, yeah. uh, but but no, I mean, this is one of the times where Winnicott's going to have a size advantage. I think over Portsmouth in a couple of different areas, uh, they're not going to be outmanned. Um, so it's yeah, it's going to be it's going to be who executes and uh, where the teams know each other so well. It's going to be who you know. It's not, I don't think it's going to come down to coaching because both coaches are fantastic. But it, it, who executes the game plan the best and who gets the other team to play at their pace. Yeah, I, I think what Ports was able to do is they pulled Jack Shockey away from the basket defensively. Right. Um, Tavares pulls him out and uh, makes him guard him 22 feet. Tavares hit the two back-to-back threes in that game that really swung the momentum. Cody played his best game of the year against Winnicott in that game. He was the best player on the floor that night, but Alex Tavares, who's been – you know, probably their best player during the season. He had the two big shots. He pulls Jack Shockey away from the hoop. And, you know, that that Jack, you know, can tend to reach a little bit out there and pick up, you know. Yeah, he's going to stay out of foul trouble. Is, and, and so does, so does yeah, Ben right, Allen. But he never seen Say that again? I, think, I don't think he fouls that much. Right. He, he just gets a lot of calls against him, unfortunately. So, um yeah, that's going to be a key. Jack's going to attack the middle, and Portsmouth, on the other hand, wants to pull him away defensively and, and open up the middle for driving lanes. And they like to have cutters go into the basket, and uh, they want to pull him away from the hoop on the rim. All right, well, I don't think we did staff picks this week. It's been so busy. So, all right, let's hear your predictions for each of these uh, these four games. Uh, I'll be at Portsmouth Winnicott tomorrow night. Um, you'll, be, you'll be at D4 at noon. I don't know where you'll be after that, but – uh, let's hear. Let's hear your predictions. Uh, I think Bedford over Dover in one of those games that you know Dover's leading late in the third, and you're sitting here thinking, "Oh my goodness!" And then you know Bedford kind of pulls it out late, gets some free throws. I think they win by about seven. I think Central handles South pretty good, um, probably by fifteen. Uh, I think Portsmouth over Winnicott in a good one. I expect that one to be a, you know a really good one, maybe a five point game, seven at the very very most. Uh, and then I like Exeter just because they're at home over Alvern. Um, I, I, you know, to, to move ahead, I, I, I think you're going to see Exeter Portsmouth in the championship. I know that's boring. Uh, it's not boring for me. That's <laughs> one, two. Preseason number one and number two for me. But the Pittsfield and Newmarket were my one, two, and Division four. So if I can get Portsmouth and, uh, and Exeter, my one, two preseason for uh, Division one, I, I can. It's another feather in my cap. Yeah, you, you, you real reach there, Portsmouth and Exeter. Nobody saw those two coming. Good job. Hey, listen, I'm doing them in early <laughs> December, right? Yeah, I picked Grove to number one last year. Everyone told me I was crazy until March, and then, oh, wait, hold on. It's like when you so. pick Bedford number one in football. Oh, wow, they had 110 kids. How'd you see it coming? <laughs> you and Bedford. Listen, don't get the Bedford kids against you. You've seen what No, happened. no, no. I, listen. It was a year yeah, ago. Year ago this week, I stood up to them. I'm still a hero in Bedford. That's right. That's right. We supported them 100. No right. question. So. Your bridge troll fight. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> right. so I'm, I'm taking Portsmouth and Central in uh, on one side of the bracket. Uh, Exeter, and I'll say Dover pulls the upset. Uh, I'm. Uh, I, right. I, I believe in Mike Lynch. I believe in Johnny Cantwell, Ty Vicko, and Devin Katie. 
I know you don't, Dave Haley. That's fine. I do. See, I'm really glad you. I'm really glad you did this, and I, and I hope people are still listening. This is what we're dealing with this year with people. If we don't take them in staff sex, we want them lowered into a bowl of hot oil and their skin to be like taken off slowly. A- we're just picking the other team to win. Relax. No, My no, God. no. I mean, we have, we have. You know what's happened is. A lot of our friends, these coaches, are using staff picks, and they'll tell me, like, oh, I just do it to motivate my kids. I'm like, can you? They get the kids all riled up at us for crying out loud. Hey, listen, it's a, t- Every, it's a tough world out there. Watch website, relax, my goodness. It's a tough world out there, kids. Get a helmet. Sometimes you're going to get picked oh, against. It's getting, it's getting rougher and rougher, no question. <laughs> so, anyway. All right, Dave. Anything could happen. All right, well, uh, this uh, we're recording this right before I leave for Pembroke. You're on your way to uh, Division Three tonight, I believe, for the Final yeah. Four there. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll reconvene in, uh, uh, at some point and see how our picks ended up. But uh, have fun tonight, buddy. All right, buddy. Best time of year. Don't forget, you get to spend six games with me next week, courtside. Oh, I can't Get wait. Excited. It's going to be very, very exciting. So uh, that'll wrap it up for the uh, Division One quarterfinal preview here on NHSportsPage.com.